Hello, I'm Kenny Smith, and this is The Best Story I've Heard Today, a podcast for news junkies. We know you can't possibly see and hear all of the great stories being produced, so we're bringing you some content that you might have otherwise overlooked. Our guests each day tell us about the best stories they've found, and today we're pleased to welcome Ken Booth, who is a co-founder of Shorpy.com and Vintagraph.com. You can also find him on KenBooth.net. Ken, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks, Kenny. It's great to be on the show. Tell us about the story you found today, and tell us why the rest of us should look into it as well. Well, the story I found was um, on Bloomberg, and it's written by economics professor Tylen Cohen. He's also a regular columnist at Bloomberg. But his his column basically talks about ways you can kind of test your favorite conspiracy theory, which is probably, you know, he goes through them all, and he, he finds a lot of ways that these things are just obviously not true, and he, he, he lists... A number of ways to test them, basic incompetence of the theory, um, random errors that show up. Um, sometimes the theories are just a little bit too complex or the eyewitness is not reliable. But I think the reason this is, this is interesting is it's not just because of the, you know, the shooting down the Bigfoots of the world, but, but these, these kind of conspiracy theories crop up all the time um, after these mass shootings. Um, when the Malaysia Airlines flight went down, there's just any number of um, kind of crazy conspiracy theories that come up out there. And, and I think a lot of people tend to believe them. Some of them even sound plausible, but when you look at them closely, they just don't, they kind of don't hold up. Where do these originate from? Where do we get the idea as a people we need to have this kind of explanation for this scenario? You know, it's, it's interesting because if you go back and you look at like the Bigfoots of the world, it seems like those things kind of fed themselves. People would take photos and other people would, would kind of want to go out there and maybe kind of prove the theory right or, or kind of get in on the, on the, um, on the hoax a little bit. Um, nowadays, it seems like the internet just feeds this stuff. People, I think, people want to be kind of amateur investigators, and so they'll they'll look at something like after the Las Vegas shooting, people would look at video and they would try to find evidence of a second shooter. And, and then once they they in their own mind had to convince themselves of it, um, I think then they just wanted to kind of get everybody else on board and convince them as well. Do you ever wonder when you see some of these, and you could think about you know the moon landing, Bigfoot, you mentioned uh, JFK, some of the you know pick a conspiracy from either end of the political spectrum in this country. Do you think that the the progenitors of those ideas really believe them, or are they trying to sell me something here? I, I think it's probably a little bit of both because there's certainly that person who wants to kind of you know pull something over on everybody. So if I can fake this photo and convince everyone, it's kind of a fun game for me. And then I think there are some things like maybe look at Malaysia Airlines where I think people just wanted to know and they kind of become obsessed with it and they start reading all the documents and they decide, you know, it was a, it was a suicide, it was a hijacker to Russians or aliens. And in their own mind, they probably believe that's true. And then why are we as an audience drawn in by these stories? Sometimes we're looking for an answer, but sometimes on their face they seem like stories that are instantly not credible, but yet we are still attracted to them. Why is that? probably because we're, we're impatient. Um, something happens, so, you know, you, you get a mass shooting at a school, Las Vegas, something happens like that, and you want to know, well, the police aren't going to come forward and tell you everything they know. Well, Las Vegas is a great example. You know, the sheriff's department there was working this case with the FBI and other police agencies, and, and you know, it took them weeks, and people were, ter- were terribly impatient, and so during that time, everybody thought, of course, there's a conspiracy and the police are involved, but, but you know, really, they were just trying to do a thorough investigation. Tyler Cohen is the author of this piece, and he allows the reader to ask him essentially what he thinks is the most probable and the most underrated conspiracies, which I thought was an interesting little conceit in the piece. Do you have an idea yourself, Ken Booth, for what you find to be perhaps the most probable sort of conspiracy? 
You know, I, I don't myself because I'm kind of a skeptic. So I don't, I don't. Whenever I, I hear one of these conspiracy theories, I kind of tend to think that that's what they are. They're they're just theories and, and they're not true. But I thought Tyler's was a good example, and and, and his example was kind of the, the fixing of sports games. And he says, you know, this is a something that is, is feels prop or plausible because one has happened in the past. It's believable. There's an easy motivation behind it. Usually, it's money. So you can easily explain why why uh, either an athlete or maybe an official might fix a sport, and and it's and it, once again it's something that's you know it's an easy easy explanation for something if if you want to believe that. On the internet, we're very accustomed to Snopes.com, which is trying to uh, disabuse us of a lot of notions that seem to be spread there. But now, of a sudden, I recently read there's something like 23 other prominent credibility test sites going on out there. We've seen we've seemed to have recognized a problem and are trying to find ways to address it. Do you think that that sort of thing is helpful in tamping down or or doing away entirely with some theories? I think it is helpful because I think people want to know that there's a place they can go to look this up. So if you if you see kind of a crazy story that shows up on Facebook, there's somewhere you can go and kind of Google and say, is this is this true? Because you know a lot of times it's not. Um, so I, I, I got I have to think that that would be helpful. I'm just not sure everybody knows about them because I you, you continue to see these kind of stories and conspiracies roll across your your Facebook timeline, and you wonder who shared that story. Why would they believe that was true when there's you know there's an easy way to go find and find out if it is or not? I'll offer you a conspiracy theory. Let's say there's an agency, an entity, a company that sees the virtue in allowing a conspiracy theory that they could disprove or prove to persist. Do you think that's something that there might be actors somewhere, institutionalized actors, that allow that to happen? It sounds like that's something that would be plausible, and especially you know, when, you, when you get states involved where they want to kind of push a conspiracy, like you get, you get Russia trying to push certain um, stories in the United States, this whole fake news thing, right? And so um, I could see where you've got big actors involved who might kind of want to move the story in a certain direction, and you know, it certainly wouldn't hurt if people thought there was a conspiracy or something like that going on. The article talks here a little bit about psychology, and I wonder if maybe just the modern society and mass media conspiracy theory notions that we have are just another attempt at trying to explain what is, for at least the time being, the unexplainable. Do, do you get a sense of that here? Yeah, I think that's probably a lot of it. People want to explain these things, right? So you want you want to know. Um, you know why JFK was shot, or what what happened there, and and it's like we don't have um, cell phone footage of it. We have the the video we've got is kind of not great, and so everyone really wants to know what the real story is. And if there was something going on behind the scenes, if more people were involved, I think people want to know that. And so, and I don't know, maybe as some of this, uh, you know, people like to fictionalize these stories are more romantic than the truth sometimes. So maybe we want to believe the kind of the romantic version of it rather than the kind of boring. Um, this is a simple thing that happened. You mentioned the cell phones, and I've seen this observation online. I think this is quite clever. It seems like uh, UFO sightings have gone down, and other things that we might have previously dismissed, like, say, uh, uh, abuse of police officers, that sort of instance has gone up with the proliferation of a camera in every pocket. Right. And it certainly changes the kind of stories we hear now. So I think you're, the kind of stories you hear are, are probably more, um, so less, less Bigfoot, less, um, less UFOs, and and you get more complicated kind of backstories that there's no way you know anybody would have video of that and could prove or disprove it. So I think the stories may become a little bit more complicated. And of course, that's one of the ways you could tell that the you know conspiracy theory is 
is probably improbable is that it's just such a complicated um, explanation of how it happened, you know, which is you know, Occam's razor. The simpler explanation is probably the better one than the true thing. And the next new conspiracy theory that gets developed, Ken Booth and I are going to reconvene. We'll hash it all out. The title of the article we've been talking about today is, is, is How to Test Your Favorite Conspiracy Theory. And you can find that on Bloomberg.com. We've got links to that and links to Ken Booth as well. He's the co-founder of Shorpy.com and Ventograph.com. Please do check those links out. Ken Booth, thanks again for being with us today. Thanks, Kenny. This is the best story I've heard today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll share it with others. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing stories with you again very soon. I'm Kenny Smith. Hey, thanks again for listening to the best story I've heard today. And here's a bit more news for you. You can hear this show on our host site, podbean.com. But the best story I've heard today is also syndicated now on sites like Stitcher and Google Play. Just go to those sites and search the best story I've heard today. You can find us on podbean.com, on Stitcher, and on Google Play. The best story I've heard today.